Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Best Bets show with the three men we've here on the Field of 68's YouTube channel. We are sponsored, of course, as always, by our lovely friends at Bet Rivers, benevolent friends. Kai, they're just giving us money left and right, right? Yes. That's, 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 we love it. We appreciate yes. it. We love Bet Rivers. We're here to talk about a big mid-major slate today. There are no power conference teams playing, not a single one. No one from those top six leagues. They are all taking a snooze today. They were all in action over the weekend. So instead, we get a lot of Summit League and a lot of other intriguing mid-major matchups. Kai, do you have any takeaways from Sunday, though? We'll start We'll start there. Takeaway, Jim, is Colorado State. Wow. You're a very hard team to get a pulse on. Uh, I, I don't know what to do with the Rams. Clearly, they have uh, upside to be just about anybody in the country and downside to get blown out to a rival uh, like Colorado. So I don't know what to do with the, with the Rams, Matt. Um, St. Mary's is very good, so this win was very impressive to me. Uh, I think I'll just tip my cap and uh, look forward to Mountain West play, see if I can get a couple of spots there. But I'm, I'm on the bench for a little bit on the Rams, Matthew. Yeah, I don't really have a good feel for either. Well, the Rams, I don't really have a great feel for. Um, obviously, it's a coach we like, so we think they'll improve as they get healthier. I'm just kind of mad at San Diego. I know they were down two good players last night, like maybe two of their best players. Um, but Steve Lavin needs to do better with that talent pool, even with the guys head in there. I'm sorry. He just got boat raced by Arizona State in a pretty good spot. Um, you've been... I would say they've disappointed this year. Will we agree with that? UC San Diego, like that, that's a team we thought we'd be talking a lot about. San Diego, the Trero, Steve Lavin, Pac-12 talent. They just haven't lived up to it this year. Kind of disappointed them. I gave them a C plus for their Steve Lavin hire this offseason. And I think we, yeah, we that's had pretty a, good. We yeah, had a debate right. over that on our on our particular podcast. Uh my takeaway is that Notre Dame fart noise, like that that's kind yeah, they of suck. what they are right now. They're good at shooting and nothing else. Defense, shot creation, rebounding. Pretty much nothing else. Uh, it is kind of alarming for the Irish in South Bend right now. Uh, and also, I love the Air Troops, Air Force. Awesome squad right now. Kind of kind of undervalued, I think. All right, let's get into today's slate. Like I said, mid-major heavy. We're going to start down in the Myrtle Beach area. Charleston at Coastal Carolina. Matt, I think of these two teams most for hosting uh, events at the start of Feast Week. Yeah. They're the, the first two ones. But now we get to see them play each other. Charleston's been hammered by the market up at least two points, eight and a half at that rivers right now. How do you see this one? Yep. And I thank the market for allowing me an opportunity to bet on coastal and against Charleston, even though it's not something I enjoy doing. I think I've been with the market on Charleston for most of the year, but I think that's eight's just too high. Um, mm-hmm. I, not a major home court. Obviously it's a pretty uh, quick drive up there to Myrtle beach proper. 
But Coastal just got Mr. Day back, Antonio Day, last game. So it's his second game back. He's a pretty key part of that backcourt. The talent's there for Cliff Ellis, right? I don't think it's as talented as last year, but it's not a major drop-off. Um, I think just pound for pound, they have the the horses to run with Charleston a little bit. And you just look at Charleston's last few games, not as overwhelmingly dominant as we saw in November. Um, Presbyterian, uh, Stetson, they had trouble extending from. So I think Coastal hangs around here. Yeah, I do too. Um Charleston's still in play for an at-large bid to the tournament, as as crazy as that sounds. So obviously they're still motivated to win these games, even though conference plays right around the corner. They need to take care of business. Um, this is their last non-conference game. Their first conference game is 10 days away. It feels a little bit of a sleepy spot, given that for Charleston. Um, Matt mentioned Antonio Day is, is in now for Coastal Carolina. Should be just about their best scorer. Uh, he came off the bench. He's probably just getting back into the into the rhythm a little bit. Uh, into the flow. They just had a huge win in South Dakota. This team's trending up, in my opinion. And the line got way too high here. The um, market pushed it up too much. I think the shan- the Shants, the Chanticleers, can keep it close. My best bet is Coastal Carolina, plus eight and a half. I think, oh. they, think they stay around uh, at home here against Charleston. This is Kai punching back at the market. Punching back it. at the market. Well done. Yeah. Um, Kai, the, the one thing I wanted to look at here was how is Charleston against zones? And they're bad. They are not a good zone team. 31st percentile nationally on over 100 possessions against zone. And Coastal is going to junk it up against them. I think that keeps the transition attack kind of under check for Charleston. It's a big way they score. And then, yeah, half court, they're going to have to spend a lot of time trying to crack that zone. Day gives them the added boost offensively that I think they need. I'm with you. I, I think this has gone too high via the market. I would, I would be looking to punch back with your best bet. All right, next up, Hofstra. Going down south to South Florida, got the pride. Tough to figure out right now, Kai, because Aaron Estrada has been out of the lineup. He is a true game time decision per the reporting of one John Rothstein today. Don't know what that's going to – I mean, it's it's bad because he's had a whole week off. You'd yep. think if he had a whole week, he'd be ready to go. But the fact that he's not totally ready to go has me concerned. I'm leaning towards South Florida here, but I also am loath to bet this Bulls team. I just don't really trust them at all. Yeah, you have to know Estrada's status. Um, if he's out, you can't bet Hofstra. In fact, you might want to take South Florida. Uh, without Estrada in the lineup, Hofstra got killed by UMass. Uh, weren't even competitive. Now, they had an okay game prior to that without him in the lineup against Purdue, I believe. Yep. Um, they, they they covered. I mean, they still lost by double digits. But South Florida's been a little bit solid lately. Uh, they had an impressive effort at Northern Iowa. Um, I know that team's had its struggles. But that was still uh, a, a feather in the cap, I think, for the Bulls. And Matt, they're a really good defensive team. They can cause trouble for Hofstra, especially if Estrada's out of lineup. They're way more physical, and they're at home. Down here in Florida, travel's not easy. It's a short line. I lean towards the Bulls. I won't do anything with the game until I know Estrada's status, though. Yeah, I lean toward the Bulls, too. I, Hofstra's been pretty damn impressive on the road. I mean, look at that that Purdue game without Estrada. They, they've already gone to San Jose State across country and won there. I think that when that when is aged pretty well. Um, so I did lean their way, but then the Estrada news kind of made me steer clear. I, I part of me thinks, Jim, I this is one where the guy comes back from injury and he's just not really that good, you know, a little rusty. So you could actually argue that Mike should be another point in the favor of South Florida. I'm not because Estrada is like awesome and arguably one of the most important players to his respective teams in the country. They've weathered the storm pretty well without him, but they definitely need him. And if he's back tonight, I can see him. You know, I could see him going for 40, could see him going for 10 and jacking up 15 shots and missing 10 shots too. So who knows? 
Yeah, this this would be one where I'd be like, okay, if he's in, I'm betting Hofstra as an underdog here because I think they're better. But I'm going to be a little hesitant because of what Matt said. I think first game back from an injury like this, he could be a little rusty and just not confident in the ankle and not quite as dynamic. That would be uh, my concern. Hofstra is 15 points better per 100 possessions when he plays per hoop explorer. So like it kind of underscores what Kai was saying about how important he is. They run everything through him offensively. Maybe they're comfortable playing without him now, but I, I don't want to find out against an actually good defensive team. South Florida can guard you. So you take him out. That's a problem. Uh, so sitting that one out, got to sit it out. All right. Next up, St. Bonaventure at Siena, two teams up in the New York area, not in NYC. Kai, we, I haven't been a fan of the Bonnie's play recently. Past couple of games has no. not been very good. Uh, the home loss to Florida Gulf Coast was a little troubling. I know both you and I were losers in that one. Do we think we can go back to the well here against Siena or should we just stay away? Uh, the market has a lot of respect for Siena, or at least, at least odds makers do because the market bet the Bonnies here. Um, but man, this game close to a pick. It's interesting. Siena's had some good efforts for sure, but I don't think they're a world beater. I think the Bonnies are still better than this team. I think they're still pretty good. I know the last two games Jimmy mentioned haven't been great, but they played really good teams. Um, you know, they went up against some, some tough competition there. They're not as good on the road, but Siena's not too far of a travel mat. However, the weather is terrible up there. I'm pretty sure in the Northeast guys in the, in the chat, maybe you can, can correct me if they live up there. Um, so maybe that causes some travel issues for them. I think the Bonnies are better homes, not much. So I think the line's a little bit low here. I lean towards the Bonnies. Uh, I'm torn in this game. Yeah. So it's sitting at Bonnies minus two across the board right now. I kind of lean toward the saints. They've been struggling on offense the last few games. Um, and they've had some guys in and out of the lineup too. So I didn't trust it. And again, say Bonaventure has been terrific. Um, all year. However, away from home, they have not been as invincible. So I do think if you're looking to fade the Bonnie, uh, the Bonnie train, you're looking to do so when they're outside the friendly confines of Olean, but you know, going to Siena is not exactly like going to Washington or something. So stay away, Jim, a lot of, again, conflicting forces here. I took Bonaventure at minus one. It's not my best bet. I'm not super confident. Uh, the three, of their last four efforts have been like pretty poor Buffalo, Iona, Florida Gulf coast, like not good. Maybe I got too excited early on because it was a team that turned over everybody. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know if Mark Schmidt will put it away together right away. And he did. They were really strong to start the year. But I don't know if the the talent level isn't that high. Like they're, they're starting a center who is at Morgan State and a point guard who is at Holy Cross. Like these aren't world beater guys. And perhaps the, this is water finding its level a little bit. So I am nervously on St. Bonaventure. I wouldn't strongly recommend it to anyone. Next up, Delaware at Ryder. This is another one where the market kind of confused us a little with the, the direction that it took this line, Matt. Ryder's been bet up from like pick or one all the way to two. Not that that's a huge movement, but clearly that's the, the direction the market is leaning. I am the other way. Uh, someone in the chat mentioned I wrote up Delaware for the Action Network. I think they're better. Am I crazy? Uh, no, shouts to Ryan N. Going to be in the building for a little Delaware Ryder action. Yeah, I'm on the Blue Hens, baby. Uh, first half specifically, and here's why. Team has no depth. Um, Martin Inglesby, not a guy who uses a, bit, a deep bench historically. He's always been the guy who rides his starters pretty hard. This year, he kind of has to. Just doesn't have a lot of horses there behind his top five. Um, Jair Davis starting to play well or better as of late, kind of coming into that breakout sophomore star that we all thought he'd be after that awesome run last year. He and Nelson have been awesome. Nelson's been great. Yeah. The, the, the thing I worry about is 
them collapsing, cracking in the second half. We've seen them give up leads late. The Cornell game was really impressive, uh, but then they collapsed late. They gave up big lead last game as well. I forget who that was against. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on that. All of that says Delaware first half because they aren't playing really well, but they're playing especially well in the first halves because I don't think they have a lot of depth, Kai. I think their performance just sort of deteriorates. And Riders got some depth. They can pressure. Could see the Hens getting up 10 and maybe kind of whitsing a little bit in that second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's another line I'm kind of confused about in the Metro Atlantic. And why is Ryder taking money? I, I don't know. Are these teams really a pick on a neutral? Uh, probably not. Uh, the Hens have been great their last several games. There's not much travel here. Ryder's been okay. They've had some good efforts, but also some really bad ones too. And I think the Hens duo of Nelson Davis outpaces the duo of Murray and James for Ryder, who have been very good in their own right. I just think they're a tier below uh, the Delaware the Delaware duo here. And I also trust Inglesby more than Baggett. I, I think he's a better, yeah, coach. better coach. So Hens plus two would be the way I lean in this game. Yeah, it, the, the concern there too for James is he's like the entire Ryder team, very foul prone. And if they have to put him on Davis at all, or even uh, if he you know has Nelson driving in there, he could end up on the bench. Uh, Delaware could live at the free throw line here. Pretty much everyone does against Ryder. So that's a lot of free points. Hopefully, I kind of buy Matt's first half angle. So I'm hoping that the the foul trouble maybe whittling down Ryder's contingent of players lets Delaware hang on late. But uh, now now he's got me nervous going with the first half. How dare you, Matthew? Sorry, I had time to do that, Jim. I intimidate people with my wagers. Ooh, yep, yep, it's bad on. Ooh. <laughs> uh, all right, that's it for the first half of the outline. Second half will be all summit, or it's an oops all summit. But before we get to that. Let's go to chat mob, Matthew. Yeah, so chat or mobsters should have announced this up front. Uh, please tailor your questions to non-summit games as 95% so far have been summit questions. So we only have three non-summit questions. Uh, the summit questions will be got to. And there's, after there's one break. summit game that's not on the outline. If anybody asks about the Tommies, we can hit that one. We'll hit that one too. Okay, uh, well, let's start with Southern Indiana versus IUPUI. This game's being played in Fort Wayne. Mr. McCann at War yes. Memorial, early ish start. I laid the points. I think IUPUI is bad. I think Southern Indiana is really good. It felt like a little cheap to me, even though it is kind of a dead, flatty spot that could play well for the dog. Yep. I lean towards the Screegles as well. Uh, I was going to take them, then I realized it's not at home. Uh, it doesn't make a huge difference. Maybe not. Ooey Pooey is not very good, and Southern Indiana is very good. Um, so even at 17 and a half, 18, I lean towards. The Screegles. I'm a sucker. Yeah. It's like four hours away, Jim. Like I, 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 I knew that before I made my bet, but I think I might be a sucker for this spot. I, I, do, I watched uh, the home game against Indiana State, and the Screegles have like a really good fan base that gives a crap about the team and yes. probably will travel a little bit. And I think there's no interest in IUPUI basketball anywhere. So no, maybe not. be a little <laughs> bit of edge for, for Southern Indiana. Uh, Harry are asking about Liberty and Oral Roberts in the back end of the rundown Oral Roberts. Yes. Liberty. No, but we will talk about that right now. I think this line's way too high, Jim against Grand Link state, uh, giant killer or giant prodder, if you will, uh, in a low, low total game. I think Grand Link competes. Liberty has been a little whack-a-mole for me. Um, they take so many threes that if they're all going in, they can just completely bury you. But if they're missing, they can look terrible. And obviously, we all thought that Bryant line looked a little too high, and they buried Bryant completely. Didn't love that. Uh, so I can't get a handle on this Liberty team, Matt. I, I think by my pure ratings, I thought this was actually a little low, so against you on that. But I'm not really in a rush to get on Liberty because they've been hard for me to figure out. All right, fair enough. Uh, Kai, last one. Maine, Akron. 
I couldn't have less of a take on this game. I'll be honest with you. The uh, certain currently sitting at 12 and a half Akron's laying it at home and total one twenty eight. I thought it was a little short, but Akron has not looked good this season. Um, they just haven't been as crisp as I thought they'd come out this year, con- considering how much um, talent they have back. Uh, and Maine's been feisty. Maine's been a lot better this season. One of their best years they've had ever in, in program history. So I, I stayed away on this one as well. Lean a little bit towards Akron on the number, but not enough to play it. Yeah, Maine's um, 6-1-1 one one against the spread. Pretty good. That's it. We got two more. Just came in here. Let's hit them now. Let's talk Beehive. Not on the outline, correct? Correct. Um, it was a candidate for my best bet, wink, wink. Jim, let's get your thoughts on this game, though, first. We were pretty impressive at Cal Poly last game, and Utah State is awesome, but maybe without, or no, with Taylor Funk today. So he is going to play. That's yeah. key. Taylor Funk. Rylan Jones is also back, who has missed a couple games per, again, the the notable Mr. Rothstein. Getting us some news there. We appreciate it. Thank you, John. Uh, yeah, Matt, it's pretty high, and, and Weber is... Uh, apologies to Scott H, but one of the biggest regression candidates in the country. They got some big time last game against Cal Poly, absolutely whooped them. But Utah State is like the best shooting team in the country. They run gorgeous offense. I I worry that Weaver's defense might not be able to hold up here. So I stayed away, Matthew, even though I do think it is like just at at first glance, like high for these two programs. Yeah, I think Funk's critical. So I didn't play it because Kai uh, wisely learned me that he is in, but I was very excited to bet. Weber if he was out a uh, last one here real quick um, Idaho Cal State Northridge we like us some Northridge but do we like it at the current number Kai I believe it's at four in some places four and a half four and a half I saw it even higher half. for a little bit there um, I think a certain group hey, is on Northridge, Northridge at five I'm sorry bet, bet Idaho yeah. at five that's my that's my two-faced take we took we took Northridge at a smaller number we did I liked it there I don't love it at four and a half um, yeah Idaho's playing good Northridge is a team at plays out of the stone age so uh back to the outline back to the outline that's right it is time for oops all summit and we're going to start with the headliner the marquee matchup here south dakota state at oral roberts kai this line was double digits kind of eye popping really shocking um south dakota state has not been very good so far this season relative to their program norm but they're still pretty solid they're still arguably the best team in the summit i mean oral roberts definitely has the claim right now but We'll see how that goes tonight. The line's been bet down. I assume you agree with that movement? Oh, yeah. And these are the presumed favorites in Summit League. And this line is like, holy crap, ridiculous. If you saw this in the preseason, you'd be dying laughing. Nine points. Nine points against a team that ran the table last year in the Summit, South Dakota State. They haven't lost a conference game in a long, long time. Now, South Dakota State has not looked good this season, Matt. They have have, had some injuries. Um, that have derailed their start. Their offense hasn't been there, but they're still a really good team, and they've played a gauntlet of a schedule. They've yes. played a lot of good competition. Oral Roberts has looked a lot better. They've been very, very impressive, as expected, with most of their guys back from last year. No doubt it's a high-focus game for them. Their their fan base hates South Dakota State. It's, it's turned into a bit of a rivalry because these teams are always on top uh, of the summit. I think both teams score. Um, I, I think the South Dakota State gets a bit of a boost playing a team more like themselves instead of up in competition. And I lean towards the bunnies on the number because nine is just too high. It can't be nine. I agree. It can't be nine. I mean, here's why South Coast State struggled. They're young and their schedule, as you mentioned, has been brutal. Like even the game against Montana where they had a two days off coming back from the Friday, Saturday, back to back at Kent state and Alabama, like Montana was just over the flu. They were getting healthier. Like they were very much locked in for that game. Obviously they got blown out. So I'm not going to like complete, give them a complete pass for it, but 
they've really lined up at tough spots in the schedule. And I think the youth has led to some, um, some cracks, but maybe we haven't seen those in years past, but yeah, we've been off for a week conference play. Um, there's some question marks personnel wise. I believe Charlie easily uh key two-way guard is supposed to play. Um, Alex Arians may play. He also did not play last game. And I think Luke Apple is safe to say he's going to not play. Um, even if one or two of those guys are out, I still think nine's way too high. I'm sorry. This team's really good. Like they competed all the way with, I mean, winning at Boise. You uh, came back and beat St. Bonnie. That that wins a 12. It should have beat Akron. This is a good team. I think there's a chance all those guys play, Matt. I think the yeah. last game yeah. was non-D1. I think they sat some of those guys because of the gauntlet that they played. Got a week off now before conference play started. You'd be resting them for this game. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think this we see it. rejuvenated South Dakota State team. And you can draw a pretty straight line between South Dakota State's good efforts and the teams that don't force turnovers that they play against because they're super loose with the ball. That's part of the youth. Or Roberts does not force turnovers. That's not their main focus defensively. I think we get a really good effort from South Dakota State. I don't know if they win. Obviously, this is a huge game for Oral Bob, but I have a hard time seeing it be nine points. That's crazy. So definitely lean towards the dog. And best bet is the over. I know I won two unders yesterday and I should be betting unders, but I don't have any unders I like particularly today. So I'm going with the over here. These two teams can score. Like I said, I don't think the turnovers are really going to plague South Dakota State as much here. And this matchup has historically been an over uh, for the last five, seven of the last 10 have gone over. I think they both have trouble stopping each other. So that's my best bet. Next up on the outline, Denver at Omaha and two teams that, in the past three or four years have been complete nightmare programs, but now they're actually kind of trending back up with new coaching hires. Denver, we don't know the status of Tevin Smith, a key guard there who's trying to get back from a knee injury. Matthew, how do you see this particular summit game? Uh, it's a tough read. The Tevin Smith angle is an important one. I don't think Denver has a ton of depth um, without him. I don't really trust their backcourt without him, but they've played pretty well while he's been out. I mean, I think you have to give, uh, Wolbrin, you have to tip your cap to what he's done. Um, you know, that on top of the Porter injury, they, they've really been shorthanded. Two of their most talented pieces. I think Smith's supposed to come back on New Year's Eve. I think he's out for this game. So the line movement sort of implies that people think he's playing or they just like Denver altogether and they're just trying to fade Omaha Kai, which I fully get, understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but still don't think there's any big price edge here for me. So I stayed away. Uh, yeah, Denver's lived up, lived up to its hype. Um, they've had a weakest schedule, but nine and three, I think, is their best start ever uh, as a program in Division One, or at least in a really long time. It's been a very long time since they've been over 500 in general. Uh, and then Omaha, like Jim mentioned, they're trending up a bit too. They have a new coach, a new style, not playing as fast as they have in the past. A little bit more defensive oriented, though still not great on that end. They're also one of the least experienced teams in the country. Still very young, um, still clearly working through some things. And the Pioneers play great offense. Even without Tevin Smith, I think they find a way to score in this game. Uh, they should have no trouble scoring inside and getting to the foul line, which is their preferred methods of scoring. I don't have a huge amount of confidence in, in Omaha here, so I'm going to lean towards Denver, Jim, at minus one and a half at Bet Rivers. Yep, leaning Denver as well. Um, yeah, even without Smith, they've got pretty notable offensive pieces. Tommy Bruner, the upstate transfer, and then Corbett, the Coppin State transfer, has been awesome. And then, of course... Like a terrific name, Tynamo the Dynamo, Tuki Tynamo, just fantastic. Uh, he's not as good as the name is, but the name rocks. So I, I lean towards Denver as well. I'm not totally sold on this Omaha team quite yet. All right, next up, staying in the summit, 
South Dakota at Missouri, Kansas City. Marvin Menzies taken over at UMKC, but they're still kind of in the vein of Billy Donlin where the weird defense are supposed to be defense first team, uh, but this whole conference just totally lacks defense. Kai, we were kind of high on South Dakota in the preseason, but they've had a lot of mm-hmm. off-court stuff going on with one player being arrested and the coach having the the fall and mm-hmm. uh, Putzowite's injury has been like back, back and forth being on the floor. So do we trust South Dakota enough here to take them? Yeah, Coyote's very disappointing so far. Tons of talent, a great offense, but the results have been poor and the defense has been non-existent. One of the worst in the country. Jim mentioned locker room issues currently. Um, not great. UMKC really has no business competing on paper, but Marvin Menzies is a wizard and he has done very well considering how much talent they have on this team. Uh, he has a bunch of scrappy former Juco guys, which is basically what he did in New Mexico state. Plus his two guards, Allen and Mitchell have been fantastic. Um, they've been able to score against any defense that comes at them this year. They'll be able to score against South Dakota. I think they'll crush the mat from a physicality standpoint. I think South, I think South Dakota can definitely outscore them, but I think UMKC is going to beat them up. It's a toss up for me. Um, I, I lean towards UMKC at home here, actually. So I don't, I just do not trust South Dakota. I lean towards the over as well. I don't trust or have a feel for either team like South Dakota with all their weird coaching stuff. Um, they talked about how they've kind of reshuffled the roles and responsibilities. I don't know how much stock I put in that, but it, it does seem a little bit off. I don't think their last couple of games have been super impressive. UMKC, I think has found its level, but Still don't trust this team without Anderson Cop, who appears to be worth like 20 points. Um, and losing at Green Bay, not exactly great. Not a not a team that's loaded with talent. Um, but yeah, this is a conference game, right? Back at home, maybe you get a little bounce back rejuvenation here, Jim. So again, another one where just a lot going both directions, and that kind of prompts me to stay on the sidelines. Yeah. Cop is big time. Like you just look at their games where he's played versus games he hasn't, and the results are almost like some good, some bad. Like it is a, a very stark divide. It, using the idea of like, oh, teams get closer to preseason expectations when conference play starts. I should be on South Dakota because, I, like I said, I really like that roster uh, initially, at least. But Kai, right now, their backup center is 6'4, 220 pounds because their ex- expected key center is in prison, I think, or uh, dealing with allegations. Not great. Um, so, yeah, they could get beat up inside by a much bigger UMKC team, as you said. I'm going to sit this one out. I think both these guys did a good job of illustrating the kind of tough to figure out points with this one. Yeah, like Menzies really has like that New Mexico State DNA team. Like I'm just looking at his lineups. It's all like 6'6", 6'5", 6'7", 6'8", 6'8". Very uh, switchable, long, and annoying to score on. Yep. Last one, uh, of course, there are two more Summit games, but the last one on the outline here, North Dakota State at Western Illinois. This is one, Kai, where I thought, okay, the line pretty low program histories would definitely lean towards North Dakota state here. They haven't been that good. Unfortunately, their guard play is really, really shaky. They've had some injury issues in the non-conference portion of the schedule. Western Illinois has been a lot better when Trent Massner plays. So I did lean towards North Dakota state on the road, but I don't feel great about it. They're another disappointing team. Uh, They lack D one experience. So maybe you should have expected this. Their backcourt definitely was gutted this off season. Uh, and they've definitely had some guys out of lineup that have that have cost them a few, we'll say, points on the line, Matthew. With Grant Nelson, their best player, has been out for a few games. Uh, he should be back. The one guy who missed last game, though, the non-D1 game, is Tajavis Miller. Um, probably not pronouncing that right, but his last name is Miller. I know I'm pronouncing that one right. Uh, he's TBD. He's important for them. Uh, they're not super deep. 
Their backcourt is a little bit weak. I don't see Western Illinois exploiting that really. Not that North Dakota State has an answer for Masner, but I don't think Western Illinois is going to cause a bunch of turnovers or anything like that. I think North Dakota State can find success inside with Morgan and Nelson. And if we do expect these teams to kind of play back towards their expectations in conference play, this line is short for North Dakota State. I agree. I think it's short, but I trust the guards of the Leathernecks way more. I just do. That's North Dakota State's issue all year. They're going to have young guards. They're trying to kind of mix and match in the backcourt while they have their two stalwarts up front. Nelson Morgan, who both appear to be healthy or slash fully healthy uh, at this point. Um, so, yeah, again, conflicting there. I, I think the line's a little too short if you, uh, you know, buy into our program foundational anecdotes, but just do not trust backing those young guards on the road for an open for a conference opener. Yeah. And the appeal of North Dakota state was always like, Oh, they're the one team in the summit that plays defense, plays defense but, but they're yeah. not playing defense this year. So the fact that they don't have the like defense travels sort of reputation that that gives me even more hesitancy to back them. So you combine the injuries, the young guards, the lack of defense, sitting it out and hey maybe i just talked someone into a western illinois play with that uh that little soapbox but we'll see uh, i i will not be on it matthew let's get back to chat mob i'm sure we'll finish up the summit and i see the game that i don't want to touch ever chicago state illinois state no thank you i don't want to no. let's start with it right now jim because i'll uh i'll kick it off i'll toss to kai if you have no take on this kai i, I liked illinois state I, I liked illinois state on the opener i got that up pretty quickly mm-hmm. uh, i didn't back it though because liam mckesney is questionable I think he matters a lot against a Chicago State team that has like zero size, literally zero size up front. Yeah, game open to like six, six and a half. And it was like, I mean, Illinois State's my lean, of course, but I pretty much made a rule. I'm not fading Chicago State. Yeah, I can't either. figure them out. I clearly have them rated incorrectly. So I'm staying away. Also, Illinois State, should they be laying points to anybody by seven currently? Probably not. Right. They haven't looked great. So I am staying full away. They got point extra back last game too. So Illinois State's almost at full strength, which uh, they have not been for much of the year. Uh, Jim, let's hit that last summit game. We did not talk about St. Thomas, North Dakota. I don't think I've actually seen it mentioned in the chat. No one cares. Apparently oh, um, they should. I love the, they should care. Matthew. I agree. I don't like him tonight though. I do lean toward Nodak. Nodak did win in St. Thomas last year, one of their two or three conference wins. Um, but I didn't play it cause I kind of how Kai makes rule about not fanging Chicago state. I've tried to make that rule for St. Thomas, uh, myself, especially this year where they actually do have a little more athleticism and length than they had last season. I've been betting St. Thomas and it's been fun. They are pretty good. They just absolutely demolished Green Bay. Cover was never in doubt. That was a, a good time. I respect the Tommies for doing so. And I think now that they have athletes in that system with still a lot of shooting, they're pretty tough to handle. And Parker Bjorkland came back last game and, and was really, really tough against Green Bay. I just, I don't trust North Dakota yet at all. And I like uh, the coaching matchup here. I think Tower is a really, really brilliant mind coming up from D3 last year. Yeah. Tommies for me. Excuse me, Kai, Stonehill Bradley, kind of a random game. Um, Bradley laying 16 to 17, total 135. I think Bradley smashes them, but I don't know if I trust Bradley as a large favorite. They're now fully healthy, which should help them. Thoughts? Yeah, I lean towards Bradley at 17, but I agree. The line was so high that I just kind of passed on it. No need to to play with it today. Um, yeah, I, I lean towards Bradley. Stonehill is another one of those teams that's kind of like, eh, I really don't like fading them because they're unpredictable, and they've been pretty good as a dog. I'm not going to fade any of these new D1 teams anymore. It, it hasn't worked out well. I think, I bet if you looked at trends last couple of years, they would be 60% ATS, all non, the non-conference. All, all new non D1 teams. Yeah. In the non conference for sure. In the non conference for sure. Yeah. Yes. This will be so, a bloodbath. Bradley will. Yes. Destroy them on both ends. 
Uh, let's hit the, I saw someone ask about the Maris game. Yeah, conference game. No one cares about the MAAC, you toads. Come on, guys. Maris <laughs> Manhattan. This is a big, I, big, I uh, big tilt. I don't either. Jim, but we're going to talk about it because we have an obligation to do so. Um, minus four, it's some money coming in on the Jaspers, surprisingly. Josh Roberts came back last game. He's key for the Jaspers, played limited minutes off the bench. I actually kind of like Mayors in this one at the price currently at four. Oh, I like Manhattan at the higher number. Uh, I'm part of betting it down. I don't love it because I'm always wrong on the Metro Atlantic, the Mac. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I'm not like excited about it. But Robert's back, I think, matters. I don't think Maris is a good favorite under John Dunn. I think they are more of an underdog scrappy team. So lean towards the Jaspers, but man, that's a whack-a-mole league for me. Hi, Alabama State, Arkansas State. Uh, uh, do we have a take there? My take is I'm done with Alabama State. I'm done. Bet them a couple times yeah, this year. I had them way overrated. They're just not a good team. They lost by 36 Georgia Tech. They got down, they got down non-covering in the first half, first like 10 minutes against that team. So I'm done with yeah. Alabama State. Um, I don't love Arkansas State as a 10.5 point favorite. So it's I a, definitely don't like that. But it's yeah, a no bet for me. Alabama State learned, is shooting yeah. 35% inside the arc. That's yeah. the worst in the country by two percentage points. That's terrible. In fairness, they do close their eyes when they shoot, so it's tough to make baskets when you do it. Tough. So we don't know if they're going to open them today, but we'll, we can only assume <laughs> that they're going to continue to shoot blindfolded, which will make that a tough mountain to climb, 11 points blindfolded. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all we got for chat mob questions. I apologize if I missed one. If I see one, I'll get it to you right now. I saw a new one coming. I think so. Which from where? Holy Holy Cross, New Hampshire. Holy Cross, New Hampshire from Luke. I just saw that come through as well. Um, Jim. Crusaders here. wrote it for Action Network plus six. I think their value got tanked when they lost by a thousand points without Garrell Gates uh, against uh, Harvard. And they're still kind of climbing back from that. Their last four efforts have been pretty solid. Uh, excuse me, last three games since he got back in. I lean their way. I don't think New Hampshire is any great favorite. So uh, I'll take the points there. All right, best bets it is. We're getting a lot of um, pressure to talk UTA San Francisco, which will be my best bet. Am I up first in the outline here? You sure are. Yes, the Mavs. I just backed the Dons against UNLV. An absolute phenomenal way to pull that out at the end. They were down most of the game, came back, and actually charged ahead um, to knock off an undefeated UNLV team in their building. Now they come back home on a quick turnaround to face a Mavs team that is flying across country, but has had a lot more time off and are just a really feisty cockroach of a dog. Um, they're going to pressure. They're long. They're athletic. Can they score? Can they finish? Mm, no, but I think it's San Francisco. Um, you don't really need. You're just. I think this game gets a little bit sluggish, and 15 feels like a mountain to climb. So, best bet. Boom. Go Mavs. Love it. I gave my best bet uh, leading off this show. Coastal Carolina plus eight and a half hosting Charleston. Go Chanticleers. Had a boy. Uh, and my best bet was a total, per usual, normal for me. Um, Oral Roberts, South Dakota State, over 158. High number, but I, I think this is like 90 to 80 kind of game, or hopefully 90 to 85 for the South for, for South Dakota State. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think there's a ton of points there. That is my best bet. All right, that wraps it up for today, folks. I believe we got through everything in the chat. Obviously got through the outline. We'll be back tomorrow. There's some bigger matchups, a little bit more more high-profile ones. A lot of games this week leading up to the Christmas time off. So we'll be with you every day, Tuesday, Wednesday, I believe Thursday as well. And then we're finally off Friday for the Christmas weekend. But we'll see you back here same time. Enjoy the enjoy. The- 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.